Hello, everybody, and welcome to uh, this episode of Go Full Crypto. Our guest today is Ben Ark. Uh, ben is a maintainer and builder of a software called LN Bits, which he describes as uh, kind of like the WordPress of the Lightning Network. So it's a software that makes it really easy for developers to build extensions and applications that are functional with the Lightning Network. And I'll just let Ben tell you the rest about it. Uh, he's a really great guy, and we met him in El Salvador um, at the Adopting Bitcoin conference where he ran some workshops uh, teaching people how to build uh, Lightning point of sale systems. So we're really excited for this episode because uh, his work is really important uh, for the development and, uh, and proliferation of Bitcoin as a medium of exchange. So that's, that's Ben Ark. Uh, but before we get to the episode, uh, we've got another bit of an update here, um, or just a, like a promotion of sorts. Uh, there's um, a really interesting um, fundraiser of sorts coming in, in uh, the early January. So b between the 1st and the 10th of January, uh, anyone, um, we encourage everyone to sign up and join um, the Running Bitcoin Challenge uh, to raise funds for the ALS Foundation in honor of uh, an individual uh, named Hal Finney. Now, Hal Finney was a, uh, is a legendary cypherpunk uh, individual in the Bitcoin community. He was one of the first supporters of Bitcoin when uh, Satoshi Nakamoto uh, floated it, uh, the, the whole idea of Bitcoin on a cryptography mailing list. So on January 10th, 2009, seven days after Satoshi Nakamoto uh, began running Bitcoin, uh, Hal Finney famously tweeted, running Bitcoin. So that's kind of where the whole, the whole meme of uh, running for Bitcoin uh, comes from. So two days later, after Hal Finney did that, uh, he received a, a Bitcoin transaction for 10 Bitcoin uh, from Satoshi on block 170. Now, two of Hal Finney's passions was running, actually physically running, and Bitcoin, which is kind of why the, the, um, there's a lot of speculation around his tweet, uh, running Bitcoin. Uh, now, Hal's favorite distance to run is a half marathon, which is um, what we're going, what this, this foundation, what this fundraiser is all about. So the challenge is to complete the half marathon distance before the end of January. It's open to everyone, whether you're a beginner a runner or a seasoned pro. Seasoned pro. It can be broken down to as many runs as you want. Uh, the only requirement is that you complete 13.1 miles or 21 kilometers throughout the month. Now, there will be a goodie bag containing collectible items for those who raise funds and complete the distance. Um, and so you can kind of just think of this as a nice way to start off the year in a healthy, positive way, uh, running for the ALS Foundation, but also uh, promoting and uh, giving more attention and awareness to this individual, Hal Finney. Um, the, all, any and all funds raised for this challenge will be uh, going to the ALS Foundation to help battle ALS, uh, which is a disease that uh, Hal Finney suffered from uh, and eventually died from. So, yeah, we, we <laughs> do it. The, uh, the link will be in the show notes uh, and any information that you need to go up and sign up and take part in the challenge uh, will be there as well. So, without further ado, uh, I'll give you Ben Ark from LN Bits.
The thoughts and opinions expressed by Keegan Francis, Mogokshi Palwi, and the guests on the GoFull Crypto podcast are solely their own and are not intended as financial advice. The content discussed is for informational purposes only. Hello, Ben Ark Hello. from Wales in yeah. El Salvador at the Adopting Bitcoin conference. Yeah, I know. And isn't it wonderful weather as well? It's nice to be somewhere warm. As you know, as you said, I'm from Wales, so our, our, the temperature's pretty low right there at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there was a huge shift for us too, because we came from Nova Scotia. Yeah. It was starting to be three degrees. What about yourself? Yeah. Like Wales is cool too? Yeah, it's getting chilly. You know, it's sort of like 10 degrees or something, getting cool in the nights. So yeah, I know it's refreshing to come somewhere warm and be able to not have to wear loads of clothes and yeah, yes, yeah. we feel Although the, uh, the, the mosquitoes have bitten me, so I can't wear shorts, which is a bit of a shame. Oh. <laughs> Luckily. So like swollen. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We haven't experienced any mosquitoes yet. Um, but what we have experienced is hearing the word Bitcoin yeah. more than a couple of dozen times. Yeah. Yes. We've, we've certainly packed out the hotel, haven't we? So for those who don't know that we're in the Sheraton Presidente. Yeah, yeah. Sheraton Presidente in San Salvador. Yeah. Today is the 13th of November. The night before... No, 14th, 15th of November. Yeah, the night before the conference. Right on. And um, we've got some great people here, actually. We've got a couple of core devs knocking around and some great companies, um, a lot of FOSS projects as well. Yeah. Uh, the Berlin Bitcoiners, they've uh, had a delegation, which they arranged with their ambassador in Berlin. Yeah. Um, and they've got to go to the, you know, the, the volcano where there's going to be a Bitcoin mining rig. and they've The Vulcanode. Got, yeah, the Vulcanode. <laughs> and they've got to meet uh, the president as well. Um, so, yeah, it's been quite exciting, I think. Right on. And I remember walking into the hotel lobby and seeing you with your bunch of LEDs and your box full of wires. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell us more about what you're building and what workshop you're going to host here. Yeah, so I'm going to be doing a talk um, on the software which, we, um, which we've made, free open source software we've made. It's a sort of lightning wallet account system. And I'm also doing some workshops on some of the DIY free and open source hardware, which I, I make as well. So I started off, um, I realized there was kind of a gap in the Bitcoin market that... Uh, Bitcoin is obviously very into, um, uh, you know, running their own software. Um, and then they're into kind of building their own nodes on things like Raspberry Pis and things and having full control over the stack, which is obviously important. Uh, but I, I noticed there wasn't many people working with uh, little microcontrollers. Um, so if you don't know what a microcontroller is, something like a Raspberry Pi is basically just a shit computer, uh, but it's cheap. So it's useful for some things, um, but it has like a full operating system on. And for some applications, you don't really want a full operating system because uh, it's like a, there's more security holes. It's cumbersome. Right. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. And it's power hungry. Uh, so a microcontroller can just run like very simple, you know, C script um, and can like the projects which I work on, I have these very, and they're cheap as well. So, you know, like, for like $3, you can have a microcontroller which can request an invoice. And then for an extra couple of bucks, you can like attach like a little screen to the microcontroller and then you can display the invoice. Somebody can pay it. And then maybe an extra dollar, you connect a little relay to their microcontroller. So when the invoice is paid, it turns something on. Uh, and then suddenly, you know, like, what can I turn on using Lightning Network? Um, what was the gap that you noticed in the market, though, the lack of that hardware? Yeah, no, there's just a lack of, like, so there was, there was certainly makers and hackers within the Bitcoin space, but there wasn't many people tinkering around with these microcontrollers and these just, like, Arduino-type devices. Right on, yeah. Um, getting them to send uh, microtransactions through the network. In fact, there was a very good... Um, uh, podcast with Andreas Antonopoulos and he was talking about a future where like an IoT future where all the corporations control the IoT on our lives and that's obviously dystopian and they'll use it to harvest lots of data and uh, that's not a good thing but if people take control of the hardware and they build things for themselves then it's a very liberating tool and empowering as well because you can have you know control over your devices um, and then also if everything's you know de facto free and open source then it's 
much easier to kind of verify the code and make sure it's not doing anything malicious. One example that I saw online, I'm not sure if this is your project or not, but it was uh, you can pay, you can send uh, Bitcoin through uh, through Lightning and then it feeds a chicken coop. It drops food into a yeah, chicken Yeah, Apollo Chicken. Yeah. yeah. Is that yours? Do you know the guys that set that no, up? No, but it's users um, uh, LMBits for yeah. its back end, which is a software um, I started and this was free and open source. So I can't take credit for it because we've got lots of good developers now who work on it. Right. Um, and uh, it's quite, it's, it's kind of a funny feeling when like, you start a piece of software uh, and then lots of good developers pile in and you become less and less relevant. <laughs> like you feel like you're being dethroned. Your ego feels like it's been dethroned. And then actually you have to remind yourself it's a wonderful thing that like all this talent has come in and built the thing which you couldn't possibly be built on your own. Uh, so, but the LMBits itself, the software, that came from the hardware. So, but the first thing I did, um, when I, well, the first conference I went to actually, or the first yeah, sort of Bitcoin and it, something more than just a meetup was the Lightning Hack Day in Berlin. Uh, which was organized by Jeff Fulmo, Christian Rutzel, so the guys who were involved in yeah, organizing this as well, yeah. How long ago was that? That was like 2000, the beginning of 2018, I think. Maybe, <laughs> okay. yeah. No way there, maybe earlier. Um, uh, yeah, maybe earlier. It's when Lightning first, I mean, there wasn't, you, you were, I think that we'd have just like surpassed like the first hundred nodes on the network or something. So uh -huh. it was very, very early on. And uh, they organized this Lightning hack day. The, the, it was more or less free to attend. I think you had to pay like 10 Satoshis. But just that's more or less free. It's more or less free, <laughs> especially but, in 2018. <laughs> but then paying 10 satoshis was kind of tricky because uh. there weren't any custodial wallets or anything. So you had to like spin up a node and stuff and then pay this, you know. Uh, so anyway, so they had this um, hack day in Berlin and it was great. There was like, you know, maybe 30 or 40 people there. Um, but it was like LD, you know, Lightning Labs, uh, Roast Beef was there. And then, you know, the people who work on the Raspberry Blitz now were there. Um, no, so there was some real uh, Rene Picard as well, who's uh, very uh, sort of influential in the lightning world. Um, there was a lot of just very talented people. Amir Taki was there, uh, so some nice OG Bitcoiners as well. Um, so he had like a real like melting pot of, of, of these interesting people. And uh, it was a proper hack day, like people were building projects. And in fact, Rene Picard, he built uh, kind of the first point of sale uh, for a bar on a like a phone kind of wallet thing, and then the there was an iconic bar which used to exist in Berlin called Room Seventy Seven, um, which was something of a mecca for Bitcoin. It was owned by this uh, old school cypherpunk who's into Bitcoin before Bitcoin was a thing, and um, uh, he was kind of skeptical of like, Lightning you mean Network pre two thousand eight. So he was he was a cypherpunk like from way back, right? You know? and yeah, so... yeah, and, and he, he'd fought in the crypto wars and all that stuff, right? Um, gotcha. There was sounds like a Jedi or something when you say fought in the crypto <laughs> wars. Like you fought in the crypto wars. Um, what a badge of honor. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, uh, so they had the first Bitcoin meetup in the world. In fact, the, the first phone wallet, Bitcoin on-chain phone wallet, was developed there uh, in the at bar. At the hackathon? No, 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 at the bar. Oh. Uh, way back in 2010 or something, or 2009. Um, no, 2010. Because people were fed up of taking their laptops to the bar to pay for beer. Oh, so this is the first on-chain right. Bitcoin, uh, Bitcoin wallet. So it's kind of cool that the first kind of like lightning point of sale was also developed there at this hack day. So we were all buying beers and I think I was like the first person to buy, buy a glass of wine on Lightning Network. <laughs> I, I think I might have been the first person to buy a real cup of coffee as well because I bought a cup of coffee because I was tired. Um, and you bought some uh, McDonald's, cup of coffee at McDonald's today. In El which Salvador. is incredible. So this, is, this, is, this was a fascinating thing. Uh, and President Bakelli retweeted it, which was pretty yeah, sweet. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> uh, so that journey, I think that I, because I hadn't seen anyone buying a cup of coffee from an actual vendor merchant um, 
before, but I did do that in Room 77 and uh, bought a glass of wine and some beers and whatever. And then being able to go to McDonald's today and buy a cup of coffee and then just to, to, to that journey, you know, in a relatively short period of time to go from really hacky, weird, fringe, um, uh, Bitcoin protocol, second layer thing, which everyone thought was going to break, to fun fully functional, uh, pro sorry, I turned my phone off, uh, fully functional protocol, which uh, is now being supported at McDonald's, was absolutely fascinating. Right, I mean, because in theory, they can just roll that out worldwide once they kind of yeah, exactly. iron out the kinks here at the proof yeah, of concept all these, place. All these companies are having to, yeah, they're all having to like address Lightning Network and, and, and Bitcoin and build into their systems. Um, and they'll be keeping an eye on it. They'll be like, okay, so this is a thing in the future, then this is our test bed now and see how well it works. Yeah. Uh, and there's been some teething, teething errors. I know Chivo Wallet's kind of getting a bit of a bad rap because uh, a lot of people have negative experiences with that, which is kind of sad. Um, uh, we had uh, Garrett, Garrett, uh, our buddy who came to El Salvador with us. Yeah. He was mentioning that, um, like within the Chivo wallet, there's an, an, a menu option that allows you to actually receive money from another uh, Lightning wallet outside of Chivo. Yeah, the only issue is, is uh, so we went into a couple of merchants today. We didn't just do McDonald's, we did it everywhere basically. And um, uh, a couple of times, because we, we activated the Lightning function in Chivo, okay. and then we made a payment. Payment cleared our side, but then it didn't recognize it on the actual oh. wallet their side. And that's an awful experience. So if you're, right. if you're you know, a skeptical El Salvadorian, you think you just try it out, and you try it and it doesn't work, I can just imagine them all you know, having that conversation. I tried Lightning, it doesn't work. And it's like, no, you tried a, shit, a wallet which isn't being tested enough, and right. it didn't work. There are plenty of very good wallets out there. Uh, anyway, that's another thing. But the, yeah, the, 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 experience, the journey from going from that, you know, buying drinks or whatever in Room 77 in Berlin... This really like sleazy, you know, uh, bar down this little back road um, to buying at McDonald's was great. Anyway, so when we were there, someone had built a sweet machine um, and they had a, a full node inside the sweet machine uh, and had a QR code printed out on a piece of paper. And you, you went, you scanned the QR code, it took you to a website, and then you had to pay an invoice. And then once you paid the invoice from the website, it would then register on the node and it would spit out the sweets. I looked at that and I was sort of a like... A sweet machine, like a candy machine? Yeah, like a little candy machine. Gotcha. Yeah, sorry, okay. that's my UK-centric yep. talk there, candy machine. <laughs> um, what does that mean if it's a sweet machine in this? It's sort of candy. Yes, does that mean like, oh, a, no, that, like a pudding? Like a, a really cool machine. I <laughs> like was a thinking, cake. Like, oh, that's a sweet uh, machine there. Like, <laughs> oh, right, okay, okay. It's very cool. Yeah. Um, so I looked at that and I was like, you don't want your node in a sweet machine. You want that to be like a secondary device, which right. talks to your node. So, Cause that'd be compromised, right? I could rip open the machine yeah, exactly. and, and steal whatever is the balance on it. Yeah, absolutely. It's also just a pain in the ass to set up a node and have like a Raspberry Pi running inside of it or whatever. So uh, I got a sweet machine then. I got a microcontroller. I got a microcontroller to talk to a node, uh, request a payment. And then I attached a little e-paper screen to the sweet machine. And then that could generate an invoice, display the invoice. You could pay it and then it would spit the sweet. So you have the same experience, but instead of having to go to a website, you just got an invoice on the sweet machine, you pay it. And then once it's paid, it refreshes and you get a new invoice. Beauty. Yeah. So you're really working on the, the user experience. Yeah. So I wanted to like eliminate all that, all that traction. Yeah. yeah Cause it's, it's a much better experience. Um, and then I realized that if I got that sweet machine and, uh, I added a, uh, a keypad to the microcontroller, it meant that I could input an amount and then you know, press the hashtag right. and then get it to generate the invoice, depending on what amount I inputted. So I'm like, oh, cool. I made a point of sale. So that was the original sort of point of sale I made. And it was super cheap as well. It was like, well, I think that one was about $20 because it had the e-paper screen. Um, and we trialed it in a bunch of places, but e-paper being e-paper, if you're in a dark environment, it kind of sucks. So I, I messed around with loads of different screens. Um, 
and eventually I, I, I found a screen which would, you know, was cheap, like a TFT screen, and it could have, you know, it was backlit, so it would work in like a dark area. Um, and then there's some great devices which are made out there, like off-the-shelf hacking devices. There's a great company called M5 Stack, and uh, they, they package these microcontrollers and keypads and screen all together in a nice little box. And it's even got like a charging dock and everything. So I made another project then, which turned that into a lightning point of sale. And then Room 77 then used that as their point of sale for uh, Bitcoin payments. And Room 77 is pretty much an exclusive you know, Bitcoin payment bar. Like people go in and they pay with Bitcoin. And that little device had, you know, loads of payments go through it. Um, and uh, it worked, you know, it worked for like years. It right. was, and it, was, it, was, it worked. And the, the guy didn't know what he was, the, the person who was employed at the bar who wasn't a Bitcoin, they're not, you know, because um, he's not the owner. Um, he, he could operate it and receive Bitcoin uh, payments. So that was great. Um, but then there was some issues. So like with uh, all the invoices being paid and um, going, to the, uh, going to the Bitcoin node, it was hard for the, because he, you know, he's a bar, he's a registered company, he has to pay his taxes. So he wants to be able to like have something where he can export a CSV, put it into QuickBooks and then, you know, use it for his taxes and be able to tell which payments are payments for beer. Right. So I'm like, okay, so you do need some middleware, which can do some account stuff. Um, and then I also thought, well, you know, can I attach something else to this device? So I attached a, a, a coin mechanism. So now instead of importing a number, you can put coins into the uh, coin mechanism. It registers and then uh, it, it converts it, you know, from pounds or euros or dollars or whatever to Satoshis. Um, so it's kind of like an ATM at this point. Yeah, kind of like an ATM type thing. Uh, now, this was only made possible by uh, something called LNURL. So LNURL. LNURL. LNURL, yeah. Like, so li basically lightning URL. Right. Um, so that original sweet machine which I made with a little e-paper screen, I was like, this is cool and everything, but why do I need a e-paper screen? Right. It's kind of annoying. <laughs> it's yet again another piece of traction, and it's energy, consumes energy, and yeah. So I, really, I just want a QR code I can just scan. Um, so I actually went to the Lightning Hack Day in New York, and I met this guy called George Vicaro, and we were talking about this. Uh, and we sort of came up with the idea of if the QR code is a, is a URL, and you scan it, and your Lightning wallet can recognize this URL and just do a simple GET request, and then it gets back just a Lightning invoice, it could then say, do you want to pay this Lightning invoice? And then you can pay it. So he really quickly, I was quite amazed, hacked a Claire wallet and then built that functionality into it. Um, and that's how most Lightning wallets work now, is, isn't that right? With like all working with most, they all have uh, most have LNURL support now, yeah. Right, yeah. But, but anyway, that wasn't LNURL, but it was the, probably the first, like you know, prototype. Okay. Uh, of that, um, at that same time, well, shortly after that, uh, uh, Jaff and Anton, and a couple of others from, from Bitcoin Lightning Wallet, they started working on the LNURL protocol to get around the exact same problem which we were having, um, which was great. So LNURL itself is a protocol which sits on top of Lightning. So if you imagine, you know, TCP IP and then you've got HTTPS and, or, you know, you, sorry, you've got then just the Bitcoin protocol, you've got uh, uh, Lightning Network protocol. So TCP IP, Bitcoin protocol, Lightning Network protocol, and then you have another layer then, which is LNURL, which gotcha. allows this sort of functionality. I have a quick question about that. LN auth, is that also a part of LNURL? That's LNURL as well. So Great. basically like your wallet is, is, is getting a URL and it's hitting it and then it's getting information back. So... And you can do lots of things with it. So you can have a static QR code. And when I scan it, it goes and fetches an invoice and I can choose to pay that invoice or not. Or I scan that QR code and the server says, send me an invoice for a thousand Satoshis. Right. My wallet then generates an invoice for a thousand Satoshis, gives it to the server, and then the server pays it. 
And then, so basically for the user, they've scanned a QR code and boom, they've got funds in their wallet. Yeah, so it's the other way around. Right. So like on the Sweet Machine, I can pay and then, you know, scan it and it'll get an invoice, pay it, and then Sweets come out. But this way, it's the other way around, so you can withdraw funds. So I, so with, because that was now a new thing, um, I could attach a coin mechanism to that microcontroller, put coins in, then it shows one of these Allen URL withdrawals, which is kind of like a faucet, I suppose. Um, and then you can scan that and then withdraw the funds onto your, onto your phone. Um, the only problem is that the ATM, which I made, it has to have access, the ability to spend. Uh, and by having the ability to spend, it could, if someone got the ATM and got your admin macaroon or admin key or whatever, they could take all your funds and that would suck also. So what I really wanted was the ability to have, to split, uh, uh, have lots of different wallets and I could just have a wallet for the ATM. Uh, and then I could just put like a hundred quid in there or something. And then if it ran out, I could top it up or right. I could have some script which tops it up, whatever. So that was another kind of software issue which I was butting up against. I've, I've got same... some questions about uh, just that, that other process of um, scanning a URL and having the server pay the invoice, like basically withdrawing from that other node. Uh, like what it would be a use case of that other than a, an ATM? And like, don't you need some sort of middleware to validate that um, like for the server to say, yes, I'm actually uh, authorized to fulfill this invoice. Well, that, so that server, yeah, that server has uh, access to your node, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, or that server software has access to your node and it can say, give me an invoice for this amount. Yeah. Right. And if, you give, if someone gives you an invoice for more, then you just, it's not going to pay it. Right. right? Um, uh, actually, with LNURL, you can have a variable amount. So you could get, give me an invoice between this amount and this amount. So between 10 Satoshis and 1,000 Satoshis. Um, uh, so other examples are, I mean, there's a, a faucet, you know, right. but actually you can extend it further. So uh, if you uh, think about a direct debit, you know, when you pay Netflix uh, $5 every month, you can make an LNURL, mm. which gives someone the ability to take out five pounds. And then your server could say, you can only do that every month. Well, that's a killer app right yeah. there. And then, and then Netflix could, if you give them that LNURL, Every month, they could have a script which just goes and milks the LN URL. So you um, give them a if, specific LN URL? Yeah, you mint an LN URL. Oh, so I'd have so one for like Netflix, one for Spotify, one for Amazon Prime. Yeah, and this is how payments work anyway. So if you, yeah. when, you, when you sign up for a subscription, you're, um, you're giving Netflix like 12 tokens, which they can use to redeem the funds from your bank. Right. And they do it over, you know, 12 months. But they could do it all at once. Um, so actually, it's an improved model because you can put time in there. Yeah. in the server yourself if you want to in your server software and say it'll only work after a month or something um uh where am i going with this i don't know i interrupted i apologize <laughs> <laughs> you're, yeah you're talking about yeah use cases so that i find that fascinating the concept you could mint these tokens and have it as a as a, a direct debit or perhaps you could put an lnurl on a, a, a card like a payment card uh, and over nfc you could do tap and pay so you have a point of sale and so in the UK, we have tap and pay on our, we can get a credit card and go from tap and pay for drinks or whatever. NFC is what? Uh, near field communication. So you can just tap the point of sale. Yeah. Um, and that's like how Apple like pay, I guess. All those little tap the mechanisms and the symbol on the, when you. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. Okay, yeah. great. I always ask people to explain the acronyms on our show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, it's very easy to techno babble, isn't it? Particularly yeah. if you're like working on this stuff. Um, uh, well, my, in the model is in the UK that on my, my, my bank card, um, I can do up to hundred pounds tap and pay. Um, and I can do like, I think five tap and pays a day. So the security is if someone steals my card, they could steal 500 quid. Um, well, you could do the same thing. You can make an LN URL, withdraw, faucet link. And that has the ability to withdraw, you know, hundred pounds X amount of times a day. Um, and anything more than that, it won't allow you to use that LN URL withdraw payment link. And then what you can do is you can give that link uh, to the uh, vendor when you make a payment 
Um, so you could essentially replicate our currency, uh, our current sort of tap and pay infrastructure with the selling URL withdrawal thing. I feel like I've gone on a tangent of an LNURL. Yeah, it's yeah. very interesting, very fascinating technology. With, what I wanted to understand a little bit more is what sort of um, services LNURL giving um, merchants or developers to, to develop on? Because I guess in simple terms, the simple question is, what is LNURL solving? It's just solving. So with... Um, uh, I mean, so LNURL is a protocol, and this often happens because our software is called LNBits. And you kind of we get confused, people get confused between the two. But LNURL is just a protocol. It's just a standard which wallets adhere to. Um, so everybody can use that. And it just makes Lightning kind of, because with Lightning, you have to generate an invoice and someone has to you know, get that invoice and then pay it or whatever. Or if, so this, it's like a, it's going in a certain direction, the payment. Whereas with LNURL, you can have it go in a different direction. And you can also have it like you can use it to authenticate and you can use it to like open channels. You can use it to do all these, all sorts of craziness. It's quite complicated, but ultimately right very cool. Right it's just on. another tool, really, for people to be able to make Lightning Network. In fact, um, when I was at the Lightning Conference in New York, I actually asked Kristen Decker, I said, look, can we have static QR codes? That's something I really want, so I can have my sweet machine, I don't need a screen. And Kristen Decker said, yeah, we're aware of it, we want it as well, but we've got so many other things we need to work on in the Lightning protocol. Right. So it makes sense that it's taken off Lightning, um, at least in the meantime. So we can, uh, so, I mean, and, and then actually the protocol developers can look at like something like LNURL, which is this additional protocol, and they can say, okay, what are the, the features of that protocol which people are actually using and it's, it's useful? And then that can then inform uh, the, the Lightning Network protocol development, and maybe some of the functionality on LNURL eventually will just be native on Lightning. But um, you were telling us about how you identified the gap in the market to, <laughs> to um, like the, for the workshop that you're doing right now, and you—that's how we started talking about. Uh, yeah, so I wanted to, yeah, and, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So there was that Andreas uh, quote that if uh, corporations control the IoT in the future, it'd be very dystopian. But if we take control of the IoT devices, microcontrollers, and these sorts of things, then it wouldn't be dystopian. It's quite cool and and, and empowering. So we I, being not corporations, but developers. Yeah, the users, the, general, the users, just the users. The right users have got to be able to control this stuff, you know, and it's got to be free and open source. Um, and then you have a future which is, can, be, can be brilliant and fascinating. So I was, and because Bitcoiners like to build their own things, I'm like, well, if I'm building the sweet machine and it accepts lightning, it's going to be all open source. And then, and then like something within sort of free and open source is that there's an expectation that you communicate how you made the thing. Right and a nice way to do that is through workshops. So, I, you know, obviously you have a repo when you have instructions in the repo. Um, but then also I did like a, a series of YouTube videos and I did, made a whole bunch of different projects. Like, so I started with, and the idea was that it would scale up. Right. Um, people's scale sets. So we started with one of these microcontrollers and it was, a, 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 it was Bitcoin offensive. So if... if um, Bitcoin someone, offensive? Yeah, so if someone breaks into your house, because I mean... We have a lot of passive defensive mechanisms in, in there, but we don't have anything which is kind of offensive. Like, well, I suppose actually it could be Bitcoin defensive too, but you have a, someone breaks into your house, they do a wrench attack, they get your, they tell you to get your hardware wallet, okay? You plug it into the computer. <laughs> right. The hardware wallet connects to the internet. It's not hardware wallet, it's a microcontroller, but it looks like a hardware wallet. Right. You plug it into the computer. It's, as long as, if after five seconds of it being gone, it sends a distress message to a Telegram group with all your mates on it saying, help, I'm being robbed, you know, come around, help me, or phone the police or whatever. Right. Um, so that was the first project. It's very simple. It's just the microcontroller for that. Right. Okay. And you can also make a panic alarm with it, you know, have it in your house with a button and whatever. It's pretty right. cool. Um, and then I went on to the sweet machine and the point of sale and the, ven uh, the ATM and then a vending machine and some bunch of other things as well. Um, but all of those projects, they have to communicate with a node. 
like a lightning LLND node or a C lightning node, or if you don't want to set up your own node, you can use something like open node. Um, so I, you know, it's like I've made a LND point of sale, or, and then and then you have to convert it. So it also works with C lightning, and then you have to convert that. So and it also works in open node. So you end up with all these different projects, which is a pain in the ass. So I want middleware, which has an API. The middleware talks to the node or the funding source, and then my, I can just make a point of sale for that middleware. And then uh, it will automatically then be you know, compatible with all those nodes because it doesn't matter what you're funding the middleware with. And so that's another core concept of this, what eventually became LMBits. Um, so LMBits is a Lightning Wallet account system in which you can do that. You can connect it to any funding source. And then it has an open API, which you can use for any wallet. Every wallet has its own keys. So I can have my ATM with just its own wallet. Um, and then I really, I was thinking about... Uh, because I like making little bits of software and little gimmicky projects and things. And then you want to share them, but you have a lot of replication of work. So I was like, wouldn't it be cool if you had like an extension framework? You know, like WordPress. So WordPress is like historically shitty software. But the reason <laughs> it's so used and everybody uses I use WordPress and it's because it's so great is because it's relatively easy to make a plugin for it. And what that means is lots of people have made plugins for it. Right. So you install WordPress and you can extend it in any direction you want to extend. If you're a shop, you do WooCommerce. If you're a content creator, you might do some, some other plugins, whatever. Um, Yoast. <laughs> struggling to think of a, think of a plugin. Uh, um, and I thought the same thing with this thing. I thought, well, if I've got this wallet infrastructure, why can't we have extensions? So if I make the ability to mint an LNUL withdrawal, for example, or an LNURL pay link, which you could give to somebody, um, that could just be an extension, which you could enable or not enable if you don't need that functionality. Um, and then it just snowballed, and we've got all <laughs> these crazy extensions which do all sorts of cool shit. So if you think about the cafe owner, they have their node, now they need a point of sale, but they don't want a hardware point of sale because that's too complicated. This one's something on their phone. Um, so an island bits has a really nice point of sale extension. Um, you can enable connected to a wallet, it denominates in a fiat currency. So the people who work in your bar or cafe, they can, you know, just Punch use in it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yep. Absolutely. And then it says that's underneath. Um, and it's also uh, shareable as well. So if you get one of these points to sell up on your phone, you can press the hashtag, it creates a QR code. Somebody can scan it with a regular QR code scanner and they can open that link as well. So you can share it among all your bar staff and you, you, they can't get back to your wallet from it. There's no connect. I mean, there's no way of them. There's no keys which are stored on that. Right. Um, so that's a cool little, you know, thing for a, a, a bar or cafe or whatever, a merchant to have. Uh, and it feeds back to their wallet, which they can then export to CSV. And then it's like, well, what else can the merchant do to stream some sats? Okay, so again, actually, in this lightning uh, New York hack day, it's, quite, it's amazing. Sometimes you have these moments where Bitcoin has come together, which is why events like this are so fascinating. And then all these great ideas kind of come off it. Um, there was, for, for, for the actual hack day itself, there was a guy there, I can't remember his name, um, and he made a, uh, a jukebox connecting to the Spotify API. So you could select a, a song from a jukebox, uh, from, from, the, from a playlist, you know, you've pre-authorized, and then you could pay some sets and you could get that song to play on a device, one of the devices your Spotify account is logged into. Um, so I contacted him after I made Alan Bits, and I'm like, dude, I really want this to be an extension on Alan Bits. He was really busy, so he couldn't do it. So I ended up making it. Um, and, uh, but what we have in the extensions, if we have a little area where we can you know, an about area. So we, we often give like props and stuff and if anyone's contributed to it and or if they built the extension. So it's quite a nice platform actually for developers to um, showcase their work. So like the point of sale one, for example, that was made by a guy called Tal. Uh, so it's got a link to his repo and all that stuff in the extension. 
so you've also got the Spotify thing there. So that bar, they've now got a, uh, 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 the ability to connect to this extension, their Ellen Bits wallet to their Spotify account, uh, select some playlists, which they allow in their bar. Somebody can go to a web page, which you could have on a, a touchscreen device maybe, or you could just have a QR code. People could go to the web page. You select a song, pay for it. It goes in your Spotify queue on the device you selected, and then it plays. So you could just have a phone plugged into a speaker or something. So you have a jukebox. So there's another way for a, for, for a merchant to stream sats. And then, uh, uh, and there's something which I've been doing today, which is you take something like an LNURL pay where you can pay a static QR code. And then there's, there's something called a success action. So it's kind of like the receipt once that payment has been made. So in the receipt, I um, use, so this is like a sats dice type thing. So you have a uh, LNURL pay and uh, you pay it. And then in the receipt, you get a link, you hit the link and you may or may not win X amount of Satoshis. So it's like a, a dice game, uh, like oh. a gambling dice game. So you stick that in the urinal in the toilet in the bar <laughs> and someone is taking a piss and they're looking straight ahead and they're like, oh, okay, I'll do some gambling. Um, <laughs> which is yet another way for the merchant to stream some sats. Uh, but then it's not just about, you know, like physical cafes and bars. It's also, you know, can be used for all sorts of things. So I do some YouTube videos and because uh, I do the microcontrollers and things as well. Um, one of the things I did was to put an LNURL pay on the screen. And if you, uh, and I had a microcontroller at home, which was listening for the wallet to get a payment. If you made a payment, it span a motor and attached to the motor was like a plastic slappy hand. Uh -huh. So as you're watching my video, if you don't know what I'm saying, you can pay and you can slap me in the face. And um, <laughs> they also did the same with the smoke machine and there's some cracking shots of me just being like taken out by this thing. Uh, um, well, that's, that seems fun. That actually seems like uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. I want to go home and implement. <laughs> yeah, it's brilliant. So I, uh, um, I then made an extension for that called Streamer Copilot, where you can have an LNURL pay on the screen and you have different payment thresholds and you can select a GIF. And then when someone makes a payment, you can have like a Bitcoin, you know, wobble about on the screen or right. a rocket shoot up or something. And then you've also got a live price feed as well, which is being streamed from um, some exchange. I don't know what. Um, and you can stream, you can, you can, that so basically it generates like a, a web browser composes a window with your video feed and then um, in open broadcaster which a lot of you know people are used to podcasters and things are used to um you can select a, a virtual webcam so you can make a, a you know select this web browser and open broadcaster you can start a virtual webcam and now you can just open zoom or jitsi or whatever and you can use that for your webcam and then people can make payments and trigger actions on the screen so that's like an extension i built for me which was useful uh, and then other people might find it useful. Um, uh, Fiat Jaff, he worked with Crypto Graffiti. Crypto Graffiti did a live set at the uh, Fed, the old Fed building in San Francisco, uh, a live DJ set. And um, uh, it was streamed live, it was during, over COVID. And on the screen, there was a, uh, an Alan URL pay. Right. And if you paid the Alan URL pay while uh, you know, he's playing a song, um, Crypto Graffiti got a tip, got 20% got of the funds. And then the actual music producer got the other 80% of the funds. So the payment was split right. uh, be uh, between the two you know, different people involved in the, in the production. And if you paid enough, you would also then get a download link. So you could go download the song if you wanted to as well. Um, uh, so that was super, super cool. So that was called, um, I can't remember what it's called. It's on the Alan Bits thing. It's like a yeah, crypto, it's got, it's got some sort of name to it. But then the Alan Bits community, because we've got a big community of users and uh, developers and support people in the Telegram group. Um, we all picked up on the fact that the real cool function was the split payments function. Yeah, how was that, how was that built? That's not built straight into Lightning though, is it? No, it's not, but it's, it's something we can do in LMBits. 
you know? Mm. So you can, you can say, so then we, we were like, let's make an extension. So we made an extension then. That split payments. Yeah, so you send money to a wallet mm, and then you just say, if any money comes into this wallet, I want it, this percent to go to this wallet, this percent to go to this wallet, this percent to go to this wallet. Wow. And then, yeah, exactly. You start to think about well, they, a micro The number of use cases for that are yeah. virtually you, people limitless. People start selling coffee on the street. They can all pre-decide. You three start selling coffee on the street. You can all decide that you all get 33% of the funds. Or maybe, you know, you don't get, you get 20%, 40%. And then you decide among yourselves how you're going to split those funds. And you start to think about that social scalability stuff, which Bitcoin kind of promised was an exabo, you know? Um, so we're all, because obviously in, in, I mean, this is just database shift, so we can do it, but you could also do it with Lightning. You can do microtransactions, so you can have these split payments, which happen. Um, and then you think about scaling that up. So if you have like, you know, Apple and they sell a laptop, if it was on Bitcoin, on Lightning, in this, you know, future utopia, which will exist, I hope. <laughs> um, X percent could go to manufacturing, X percent could go to distribution sales. And you have that different assurance that it's actually then, making it to those destinations as well. Yeah, you could verify that too for government spending. This is very interesting. So say if X percent goes to manufacturing in Apple, that yeah. could then be split again into the different parts of departments in manufacturing. Oh, you could chain these splits. Yeah, and you could keep chaining these splits down. Wow. And then the person who's working in the factory, you know, the person who's cleaning the toilets, opens up his wallet and then he sees the strat sat streaming in, or maybe not streaming in. And then they think, well, we need, you know, a bigger sales department. Well, and then you start to have like, the concept, because you know, I like the idea of cooperatives, I think it's really interesting. Yeah. It's better than corporations. Um, but they're very, very, very hard to make and they're not very efficient, which is why you know private capital always wins out. Are they not very efficient because of this exact thing that we're speaking about? It's hard to actually, it's expensive to do this distribution of funds within the legacy yeah, financial system. Yeah. And it usually centralizes within the corporation. So you have like a finance department, which they start to manage the funds. Well, it'd be a very interesting use case to build a company from the ground up that has this kind of payment infrastructure built into Instant its... Instant payment split. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So that the janitor does get a cut of every laptop that's sold, for yeah. example. I mean, that's... At, at, at the point of sale. Yeah. And then you think about something like value-added tax, right? Okay, so in, in the UK, we have value-added tax, 20% when you buy stuff, which actually for taxes, I mean, we all don't, none of us like taxes, do we? But, um, <laughs> uh, which is why we're all in, you know, interested in things like Bitcoin. But um, I think value-added tax out of all the taxes is kind of a fair tax. Rich people buy shit, you know? Poor people don't buy so much stuff, so they pay less tax. Um, it's a consumer tax rather than a, a producer tax, right? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Well, what if in this future utopia where we buy this Apple computer from, you know, and then the people in the factory, they get the sat streaming into their wallets. What if uh, I can also pay my tax at the point of sale? And then the uh, Apple, because if you think about it in a Bitcoin future, it'd be very easy after the fact to try and hide the Bitcoin, you know? Right. Uh, within the company. Uh, so you need to have mechanisms in order for the government not to be able to do that. Maybe they could just have your e-keys or whatever. But a good way of getting around that problem would be that the, the points of sale are audited in some way by the government, and they have to ensure that 20% of the tax will go to the government. Now, in your Lightning wallet, could you perhaps say, I want 70% to go to education, 10% to go to the military, yes. 5% to go to this, yes, 5% to go to that. And then you're sort of having this weird direct democracy, skin in the game, bit proof of stake, but kind of interesting. I can say where I want my funds to go. I want that. Uh, I yeah. want to direct where my taxes go. I've, I've been People saying that think for about years it now. Too. Like, you know, I'm, I'm a, uh, you know, uh, I hate I, 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 I war and military and all that shit. However, I do appreciate that countries need a military. Like, our country needs a military. And um, even if I get of, to like direct where fifty percent of the tax yeah, goes, I that would be meaningful. I wouldn't do hundred percent education. I would do. I would do, have to do a small amount towards the military. Sure, but it'd be. I'd be reluctant to do it. So every single purchase, then you're having that choice. Where do you want your tax funds to go? And if you had the read keys, because this is a great thing about Lightning Network, it's possible for us to have ultimate privacy but for them to have ultimate transparency. 
And you could you could see exactly where those sats go. You could build some software to monitor all the sats go. So if I, you know, I have a bunch of sats go off to the education, you know, uh, sec sector of uh, uh, of government. Um, eventually, I could I could track where that sat landed. Eventually, you know, what school did it go into? What did they buy with it? If I really wanted to, um, uh, whether we'll get there, I don't know. I'm just being uh, utopian again. I love those conversations, though. Those are the ones that yeah. actually build those use cases or inspire people listening or well, hear it's the tooling, conference. Isn't it? Yeah. It's tooling. Um, uh, things are made possible by the, the correct tools, uh, you know, like the, I mean, democracy itself and, uh, uh, something like capitalism was made possible by having the right tooling right. in order, for, in order for those, uh, things to be possible, you know, had uh, or something like the, 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 you know, we were able to move away from feudalism to things like the printing press and, um, this sort of information revolution, which happened around that. Uh, so and at the time, you know, uh, did you ever watch Game of Thrones? Yeah, yes. big Game of Thrones fans, <laughs> except for do season that, eight. Do you remember that bit at the end where Sam's like, and they're saying, who shall rule next? And Sam's like, well, <laughs> because, you know, we are controlling what happens to the people. Why don't the people have a say on who rules next? We could put it to a vote. And they're like just laughing. That's ridiculous. Give my horse a vote. <laughs> and it's, that's what it was like in feudal times. If you were to mention something like democracy, which did pop up every now and then in places, I don't know, like Greece, perhaps, ancient Greece. Um, but you've got to have the right tooling in order for something like that to actually become a reality. Uh, and no matter what some anti-democratic people think, it's, it's one of the best tools we have. It's much better than something like feudalism. There's um, a quote associated with that. It's like, democracy is the best war system that we have. Exactly. Yeah. But it's an umbrella system too. So you have direct democracy, you know, uh, it's more of an anarchist concept where you're uh, directly impacting things as opposed to, not on a day-to-day -day basis, as opposed well, to, like as opposed to like representative the... democracy or, or something, which is what we have now. Yeah. Um, so if you have the right tooling, so all, all of a sudden these things start to become possible and you, you appreciate that perhaps it could create a better world. Um, anyway... <laughs> so that's one extension, <laughs> the split payments extension. And uh, what else have we got? Oh, we got an offline shop extension. So if you're a that's vendor, what you're working on right now. I think that's like no, no, no. The no? offline shop extension. Uh, that, that was another one made by Fitch actually. Uh, if you're a, a vendor, you can print out a QR code. Someone pays it, and they get a word in the receipt. Any word, Buffalo. Okay. So you say the word to the merchant. The merchant has a word list. They could have memorized, or they could have put down on a piece of paper. And they say, okay, Buffalo's next word on the word list. Yeah, you made the payment. Next person comes along, Tiger. Okay, that's the next word on the list. Yeah, you made a payment. And it works for, you know, small scale, some street vendor or, or something for people to verify they've actually made a payment. Um, I don't understand that bit. Can you elaborate on that? Well, if you make a payment, so say if you have an LNU or pay printed out and you've got someone on the street selling fruit, you know, right. and then someone pays for some of that, for, for that fruit, um, uh, they can verify the payment by showing the, the lightning wallet, can't they? But they might be like a really convoluted scammer who really wants to scam the fruit lady. Um, <laughs> so they make their own scammy piece of software which shows this fake, you know, confirmation. Right. Well, in the LNURL pay protocol spec, you get this thing called a success action, which is basically a receipt of payment. Right. So once you've, the server has been paid, you get a receipt back. So that receipt, in this case, is a word. Right. And then the merchant has this word list, which has been pre-printed out, which comes from the server where the payment has been made to. Um, uh, but it just means that you can have like verification of payment without the merchant having to be online, which is actually kind of useful. Now, I thought, well, that's cool and everything, but like, can you have it scale up a bit better? Right. So could you have it in a supermarket? So what I did is I made a point of sale, which is basically the same concept, except when you input an amount and press the hashtag, 
it uses a secret to encrypt a random four-digit pin, okay? Then it puts that um, encrypted string in the URL, in the LN URL pay, which it displays on the screen. So when you scan it and your phone then goes and makes a payment to the server, it's also passing over this encrypted um, string. Right. Four-digit pin. Of the random four-digit pin. Then the server has, also has the shared secret, okay? Because the point of sale, when you set it up, you set it up from the server, and it's also it's got the shared secret. It's got the, the point of sale ID, which is also in the string, so it can identify which point of sale it is. When the invoice has been paid, which it gives to the, you know, the wallet of the... This is all automated as well, so it's, you know, right. it's all get requests and post requests between the server and the wallet. Uh, when it's been paid, it's in the receipt, instead of them getting a word, like in the offline shop extension, they get, a, uh, they get the decrypted pin. So the server then decrypts the pin with the secret, the shared secret, which it has, you know, the POS also has, decrypts the pin and then gives it back as the receipt. So then the person who's made the payment can say, okay, you know, four, three, six, four, whatever. And then the merchant can get the POS, press a button. That's where the, the pin was made. You can say, okay, three, six, four, whatever. I can't remember what the four-digit pin was. And if the absolutely... pins match, then the, the uh, pins match. The payment was made. The merchant yeah. has that assurance, and it's been verified. And what that, but but the the merchant doesn't need to be online, right? So if you think about it, like our current they payment systems, they just need systems, to have that pin, though. They need to have the unencrypted pin. No, because it generates it automatically within the device, um, uh, uh, and then sends. Oh, okay. Yeah, That's yeah, what you're yeah. So yeah. so then when you press the button, so it's a different pin every payment, basically, and it's random. You know. Yeah. Um, how fast does this whole process take? Because that's it... what's amazing. Because okay. when you pay for stuff on a traditional point of sale, right. there's, there's latency because it's got to connect to servers, do shit. This thing, it's not doing any of that. So it's just like shows a QR code, and then when you, it's the, it's the the burden of connectivity is on the on the um, the, uh, the purchaser, the payer. Thank you, uh, is on the payer, and then you think, well, that's kind of you know that would be useful in somewhere where they have like then they can't have they have intermittent Wi-Fi issues. And then just to give that burden of connectivity to the to, to the payer as opposed to the the merchant is kind of cool. But actually, like in the UK, you know, I was in a pub and I was having a beer, and the guy came out with a point of sale terminal, and then I went to pay, and he's like, "Oh, sorry, the Wi-Fi doesn't work here. Can you come back in the bar?" And I'm like, well, "I know a solution for that, mate. I will go into it, but I do know a solution for that." Um, uh, so it, it's a cheap device. It's like ten dollars to make. Right. It's funny because I kind of had one in my pocket because I made it and I liked it. And I was just, I know, I was just sort of had it in my pocket for some reason. <laughs> and I'm walking around. I'm just, I'm just like, I could just like take a payment for anything at any time. And it kind of made me want to sell shit. Like I just wanted to like whip it out and go, okay, I'll take a payment. <laughs> I don't need the internet. <laughs> um, so I'll be doing a workshop on that. The right lightning point of sale. And that also obviously with the, because uh, it's going to the Allen Bits, it's communicating with the Allen Bits server. There's a, it's called LNUR POS, the, the lightning, this point of sale. Um, it has its own extension called LNURL POS, uh, which is where you register the, the point of sale when you connect the two, you know. So you can have like multiple points of sale um, in the LNURL POS extension on LNBits, the software. Um, and then you've also got the LNURL POS hardware as well, which is well, the thing which I'll be doing a workshop for. And so this hardware, do you see it, um, let's say in the next decade, there being no use for it? Because it, it can just be inside an application that can be downloaded on a phone so that you don't have to... Yeah, um, I don't know. No, like, I mean, added hardware. Uh, I just think it's like uh, it's just something which is interesting to make. Right. People kind of liked it, and I think they can see it's useful. Right. And like, I, 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 I could feel that it was useful, a useful thing to use. You know, um, uh, but it's just as long as we can, like, you know, first we get to the point where we can replicate 
the legacy payment system, right? Like the, the user experience, right? Then you get to the point where you can surpass it. You can do, you know, penny transactions and um, you can put the burden of connectivity on the user as opposed to the, the point of sale. And you can, you can, you can, yeah, you can, you can offer a better experience, you know? Um, and I think that's what we're doing. We're just experimenting with um, what's that design principle where User-driven like, design? No, I'm just thinking when they first, the first car which was designed, they used reins for steering because they used to cast horses and carts. <laughs> I and it took that. a while for them to think, well, actually, this would make more sense if we had a wheel. Right. <laughs> it's a bit like that. Like you, it, all these things which seem obvious when you look back at them retrospectively, right. as you're breaking new ground, it's not obvious and it's really hard to kind of come up with these ideas. So the so, stepping stones. Yeah, the little stepping stones and you're moving towards something. I'm not sure what better systems, you know, great liberty for people, whatever. Um, and this is why El Salvador is absolutely fascinating because a lot of the coolest stuff I like made was inspired by, you know, being able to use it, it, um, uh, my projects being used in Room 77 in Berlin, just this one bar. Mm-hmm. Now we've got a whole country, you know, <laughs> and then people thinking, oh, this would be cool if this happened or this happened or this happened and get all this feedback on our software and hardware projects. So it just makes me extremely excited for Bitcoin to think that, yeah, just, just, just to have a whole country where people, there's, there's software and hardware being used out there in the wild and we're getting all this feedback from users. And perhaps they're going to also start getting involved in making some of this stuff yeah, totally. as well. What are you looking to um, get or spread at this uh, workshop that you will be hosting tomorrow? Uh, not COVID. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, hopefully just like... So the. I do, I've, I've been done a few workshops in, in uh, conferences before. Right. Uh, in San Francisco 2019, I did a point of sale workshop for the point of sale where it generates a, a lightning invoice and you pay it. Um, and uh, um, I, you know, I sat down and did this workshop with people. Um, and one of those people was a guy called Ken Sedwick. He went away with it and he turned it into this uh, sort of cryptographic device, which you do crypto stuff, like his, uh, which was made by the blockchain consortium, I think it was called, uh, who's also got Christopher Allen involved in it. He's a, like, you know, uh, legend cryptographer type. So, um, I, I don't know. I just I think if when you get humans in a, a physical space together and then you teach them a new tool, they take it away and they do something with it, you know? Yeah. And maybe one of them will go put it in a vending machine. You know, they'll, they'll take my lightning point of sale, my LNU or POS, and they'll put the keypad on the side of the point of sale and you'll select the item you want. And then when you, make, when you pay for it, it'll give you a pin. You input the pin and then it gives you the item. So now you've got an offline vending machine. Right. Um, someone might do something like that, you know. I think that might be my next project. So hopefully I'll get there first. But um, so it'd just be interesting to see what people build with it. Yeah, for uh, sure. So in I mean, a nutshell, like you want to spread your knowledge and then be surprised later. Yeah, well, it's that free and open source thing as well, isn't it? It's like, you know, you've just got to communicate what you've built and what you've made. And then other yeah. people then go off and make stuff as well. And that's how it works. That's how free and open source is so inspiring. Um, uh, and then ultimately working towards that goal of, of people taking, not being scared of technology because it's great and it's great for humanity too, but we do need to take control of it or else, you know, things could get shitty. Um, so, <laughs> which is what we all understand about, you know, payment networks, isn't it? With Bitcoin, you know, we want, we want digital payments because they're great, but if we're doing it through something which can be monitored and you can um, have surveillance capitalism and whatever else, which isn't particularly good for humans, um, then uh, it'd be nice to have a digital payment system where you have the same anonymity that you would have with something like cash or maybe more, you know, you have more anonymity, don't you, by paying with uh, something like Bitcoin. So, um, so yeah, it's just, uh, yeah, just cool, interesting gizmos 
um, and then hopefully someone else will pick it up and do something with it, I suppose. So for the people that are listening to you talk about this and Ellen um, Bits yeah. um, all over the world, how can they contribute or how can they, I guess, like take these ideas and grow them? Yeah, well, it's a cliche, but in free and open source, we really appreciate just people running software, you know, like run free and open source software. It's huge. Right. Because uh, you may just stumble across that bug, which nobody else found, uh, and it makes, you know, it could be like a severe bug or whatever, you know, like, I don't know. And then know. go file a bug report. Yeah, go file a bug report. Yeah, go give feedback, get involved in the community. Um, uh, if you go uh, and look on YouTube on the World Crypto Network, which is where I post uh, all of my uh, tutorials, there's a playlist on there called BTC IoT. Uh, and in that, it's got all those, you know, different tutorials for all the different uh, projects which I've done. Um, and, and they're not hard. Uh, there's, a, there's a guy actually who's going to be helping me, Jay, he's going to be helping me in the workshops. Um, and he taught his kid like coding and electronics via my tutorials. Oh, I didn't realize wicked. he did it, but I was like, he told me about it. I was like, wow, that's cool. That's like the coolest thing I've heard. That's I think. the next generation of developers right there. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And it's, it's something about material world hardware, which is far more satisfying than the LM bits is great. And thousands of hours have gone into it. But at the end of the day, it's like a fucking a website, basically. It looks just like anything else should look on a computer. Um, whereas if you make something physical, and then have, you're able to control it by paying like a lightning invoice or something. I don't know, there's something about it. There's just something about hardware. It's, e it's easier, really. It's easier to, it's a smaller scripts and uh, easier to program than something like Alan Bits. But it's kind of much more rewarding. And you, you know, um, I get that. Yeah. 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 So uh, it's a great way to, to learn programming and, and um, uh, yeah. Yeah. So do that. Go and go and go and do complete some of the uh, tutorials and, Hopefully people will learn something and they might we'll make something like the polo feed thing, for example. Because uh, I'm pretty sure the part, I don't want to take credit at all, but I think the polo feed, um, I'm not sure if it was one of my projects, but I'm pretty sure that it's someone who watched some books. I've spoken to them in the past. Well, it seems all very related. Like That's why I was very related, yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. I did a bunch of projects with um, just connecting the relay, like I said, to the, uh, to the microcontroller and getting something to turn on. So the sweet machine, I told you before I had a Jacob's Ladder, um, the, I had a slappy machine. Were we talking? Was that we were talking yeah, off, yeah. Yeah, off air about that, or did we talk about it in the? I think it was live? off air. Oh yeah. So in one of the videos, I had a Ellen Euro pay on the screen. Oh, the slappy. Yeah, yeah, that, 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 was, that was on air. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Jacob uh, Slider was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like let your imagination run wild. Just so you can, these lights. You know, you could pay an invoice and then turn some lights on for a period of time, or want you to open a door, or I don't know. have an opportunity to um, show out some of the tools that you use when you're developing. So like one tool that comes to my mind is Polar. Um, it like spins up a, a Bitcoin full node. Oh yeah, that's cool. Yeah, and then a nice. Lightning network, and yeah, it's yeah. all just uh, it's not connected to the actual Bitcoin network, so you can yeah. uh, test all these things that you might be developing, but yeah. not on uh, not with real money on the line. Do you use tools like that, or my, my guilty secret is that I have a, an infinite respect for Poland. Lots of people I know use it and love it. I've never been anywhere near it, and I just haven't taken the time to learn it. So I feel really guilty about that. <laughs> so do you, do you just test right on the I Lightning just network? Test right on the node, yeah. And I'm like, that's oh, hardcore. Sony Satoshi's whatever. You know, a few years ago, I was like, it's only a million Satoshis, it's fine. Only a couple of million Satoshis, not worth anything. And now I'm like, shit. Whoops. <laughs> Whoopsie yeah. daisy. Uh, Necessary I quite sacrifice. like developing. I don't like using Testnet. I like using um, uh, live funds because I think you've, you're less likely to make mistakes and be cavalier. Yeah. Um, take uh, more care. Yeah, take more care. Yeah. Um, we have a demo of Alan Bits running online. If you go to alanbits.com, you can get to it. 
um, we've actually had some recent updates to Alan Bits. So the, because it's all written, the back end's written in Python to try and make it kind of easy for people to develop on. Yeah. Yeah, but Python's not so good at the async stuff. So we, the library we were using for the API um, server framework uh, was something called Quart, uh, Quart which is um, an async version of something called Flask. But it's, it's, it's not that heavily used. So when we put it, it started running at scale. Like it didn't do error handling very well and it occasionally kind of trip up over itself. So we switched out that whole framework and we've now replaced it with Fast API. Um, uh, and I thought that'd be a great idea to do that like two weeks before this conference, but <laughs> I don't know why that was, I don't know why I did that. Um, but then also, uh, Fitjaf's made a, a kind of a whole new piece of software, but it's still Alan Bits. It looks like Alan Bits and has an API and everything, uh, and that makes prototyping and extension super easy. So, again, removing that traction. Currently in Alan Bits, if you want to prototype an extension, if I prototype, if I make a new extension, I find an extension which is kind of most similar, and I would literally just copy the folder. Right. Go in, word replace, change the you know the forms and whatever else, then go into all the functions and the API endpoints and change those. Um, uh, but you have like rep repetition of work because ultimately an LM bits extension is like a form, a table, you know, uh, you know, you, you, you register a point of sale, it goes into a table and, and then you click on, uh, a, a, often has a front page, you know, like the Spotify thing, for example. Um, so there's no reason a lot of that can't be automated. So we've got this incredible new system uh, and a new version of LM bits called Infinity. Um, and in that version, an extension is uh, something called a Lua file which is kind of like a config file. Uh, so where you just basically put your, you know, your different fields for your, your form and your table and whatever else. And then that data can then just be sent to a front end page, which you can just develop. Um, but it means that you can create, if you have an idea and if you're used to the tool, you can create an extension in like 20 minutes, you know, as opposed to a day. Right. Uh, so that's like, that's powerful. Yeah. But I mean, it's still, it's still, we're still beta. Um, uh, and you know, we're still in testing. We haven't come out of BT yet for both projects, for the original, which we called Legend, and then the Infinity version as well. Yeah, but we have a live version of it, a demo version running, and it's got my funds on it and a couple of other people we kind of pulled our funds together, and, we're, and that's on there. Um, and it's got user funds on there. The users keep putting money on there, no matter how much we try and make it buggy and discourage <laughs> them and tell them not to put funds on there. People keep trying to use it. So yeah, don't put funds on there, significant funds. Go on there, test the software, cool, do that. Uh, but if you want to run uh, LM bits or use it for anything in the in you know in production, then run it yourself. Actually, don't use it in production because it's beta. But if you're caval if you're you know reckless and you want to use it in production, <laughs> um, Ibex, in fact, are using it in production. The the Guatemalan bank, uh, which is quite terrifying, but they've got some pretty good developers and they show <laughs> me it's safe. Um, so they're, they're, they've literally just taken the point of sale extension and. Uh, if someone wants to accept Bitcoin, like a, you know, hairdressers, for example, um, they just give them the point of sale. They don't give them an LM bits wallet. They just give them that point of sale on their phones. They accept Bitcoin and then they can turn around to Ibex and get exchange it. So, you know, say, can I have my cash? They just go to the wallet, which is registered, that point of sale is registered to. And Ibex is the Guatemalan bank? Yeah, the Guatemalan and bank. And using they, the Lightning and Network. They, yeah, they're using, yeah, well, yeah, they're using Lightning Network. Well, they've got a nice Lightning um, uh, 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 wallet, actually, which a lot of shops are using. That's um, but this pretty solution, epic. yeah, it's great. But they've also got this Allen Bit solution for like points of sale. Um, uh, but it's just using one extension. So like a local kid here could spin up an Allen Bits install on a node, could go and offer a similar service, you know, to merchants. Um, oh, sorry. 
Something which I'm... Let me turn this off. I'm being silent. Ah, there we are. Um, uh, going back to the split payments thing very quickly, something else we've been thinking about is if you're running an LMBit server and then you're offering that server to other people to use, and create wallets, use the extensions like we are in the demo, um, you could then charge a fee per transaction. Right. So you could charge like a 2% fee, you know. So you could go and onboard a cafe, say, here, you, know, you can use this wallet and point of sale and Spotify thing, but it's on your server. Right. And all the payments which come in, you say, look, I'm going to take a 2% fee for those payments. You're acting like a bank for them then. How, well, yeah, instance. exactly. However, um, you could say to them, once you've tested it out, and if you like it, then I can help you set up an LMBit server for yourself. And right. You don't have to pay that 2% fee. Exactly. Um, another extension I want to work on is a loop out extension. So I could go to a cafe and I can say to them, because another one of, sorry, shit, one of my other DIY projects, hardware, uh, DIY hardware projects was a, uh, a cheap uh, Bitcoin hardware wallet. I'm very interested in making Bitcoin hardware wallets as cheap as possible. I want to be able to go to a cafe, give them a DIY hardware wallet, which is good enough. You won't want to put thousands of dollars on there, but it's good enough. Um, they accept payments on Lightning on my LMBits install. And then when it gets to like $50 or $100, it loops out to on-chain onto the hardware wallet. So you say to them, you say, look, the security risk is I might run off with your $100 or $50 or whatever. Mm. Um, However, it will loop out and go to this hardware wallet. So that way, it's like... That's like clearing cash. Yeah, it's like kind of semi-custodial in a way. Like, you're, it's custodial in that I'm, I'm custodian of the funds, but I'm a custodian for a limited amount of funds, and then it's looping out on-chain. That's quite a nice onto model. Onto their hardware wallet. Onto their hardware well, wallet. Well, they're so already they doing that with respect to cash in the cash register, right? Like, that's yeah. the same concept. Uh, like, if a robber comes in... I suppose, in, absolutely, yeah, it's going to the bank, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's true, yeah, yeah. And they take an envelope full of cash to, and deposit into the yeah. bank at the end of the day. Yeah, so there's a spectrum of security and custodianship, isn't there, I suppose? And you just have to position yourself on it, I think depending on your need. Things like that are really powerful to draw the analogy. Because if you walk into a a cafe and try to convince them of any of these things like yeah. they, in my experience they're looking for analogies they're like how does this map onto my current understanding of my business processes yeah well in in, in the uk i mean i don't push lm bits to merchants or anything but i want to have this i will like i'll go to the local cafe and i'll say you should accept bitcoin you can use this wallet and here's a five dollar ten dollar hardware wallet and it'll do parts of that hardware wallet if you want i can install this you know if you if you get to the point where you because I find that most people, say, in the UK who are running ca a cafe or a bar or something, and they have an interest in accepting Bitcoin, they want to just accumulate Bitcoin for themselves as a savings thing. Right. They don't want to use it as part of their core business model or anything. Uh, it's different, obviously, here in El Salvador. Um, uh, but I think you could very easily kind of provide that using something like Alan Bits and like some of this DIY hardware uh, project stuff. Um, so that's something which I'm kind of keen on. And extent that's an extension which I'm kind of keen on looking into so I can provide that kind of experience. But what you could then do is you could say to that cafe, you could say, I'm going to charge you a 2% fee. However, here's a referral link. And then if you onboard somebody else, you can have a percentage of the fee as well. Yeah. And then if they onboard somebody else, <laughs> they could have a percentage of the fee as well. Before That's virality. You, that introduces virality in the whole system. Before you know it, the cafe owner who gave, you know, who onboarded the bar, who onboarded the hairdresser, who onboarded the um, uh, pet shop, um, one board of the blah, 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 blah. They're looking at their wallet and they're just having sat streaming in. They don't even know where it's coming from. Right. They're just getting these sat streaming in from this fee referral mechanism system which exists within LM Bits. So it, there's so many different directions we could take such a project. It's very, very exciting. Um, I can't wait to be a part of it. Yeah. I mean, we already are in yeah. a lot of ways. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Uh, and, and thanks for doing things like this because it's great if you kind of get the word out. You know? Yeah, we're going to spread this to uh, developer communities. Uh, like our audience is typically pretty uh, newbie to uh, Bitcoin and crypto in general. But like, I'd uh, say that we have some developers listening. I hope so. I think yeah. so too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I listen to you, no, I'm not a very good developer, but <laughs> I do develop. So, uh, yeah. Right on. So if I was to analogize, I really liked uh, when you talked about how it's like WordPress, WordPress, but WordPress has lots of plugins. That's a really nice analogy, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So Ellen Bits, would you say that that is like WordPress, but all of the extensions that you can program in, people have the freedom to, that they can exercise to build an extension that yeah. suits whatever they want to build it for. Yeah. Um, and you've already made a lot of extensions for split payments, for example, yeah, or yeah. cascading payments. Um, and there was one where you can automate... Uh, if someone paid an invoice uh, when they were watching YouTube, like they could slap your face. So essentially, you could. Yeah, I mean, that was an extension, but that, but that, um, yeah, but but they, they, actually, they, I know you're right. The extension did come from that, which was the instead of slapping me in the face, you could animate get a gift to come up on the screen instead. Right yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of um, flexibility in what people can use Alan Bits yeah. for, and yeah. that's where the beauty lies. And it's all on top of the Lightning Network. It's that ultimate thing. Like if you sit there and if you try and think. What do people need? What, you know, what's, what would people, what should I build? What should I do? That? You don't do that. You just build something for yourself, which you find useful. And there's guaranteed there's going to be a whole bunch of people out there who also find the thing which you find useful, useful too. Right. Um, That's a common thread that yeah. I've heard from so many people. Just build some, solve, solve your own your problems. Own problem. And yeah. then there's other people that have the same problems that you have. I saw have. an interview with the Instagram guy and he said that for years he would like try and second guess what people wanted. Yeah. And eventually he was just like, oh, I just want something that can edit photos. I'm just going to make that. And he made it and he was like, <laughs> <laughs> Done. Uh, now it's Instagram. Oh yeah. Um or whatever it is Instagram does. That's what he wanted. Then he made the software for it. Uh so yeah. Very cool. Right on. I have one last question. It's mm -hmm. not about Ellen Bits, but it is about Bitcoin and it is you're here for Bitcoin or you're doing this for Bitcoin. Mm. What does it mean to you? What does Bitcoin mean to you? Uh well it's free and open source money. So um money is obviously very important for how society works, it affects everything, it affects all of us. Uh, and if you have free and open source money, um, it just makes society better, you know. Uh, and I do think that it's the tooling which could also affect production. And I think in a more um, fair, create a production methods which are fairer and less corporate driven, you can create more honest government than state. Uh, you're not going to eradicate state. I mean, maybe one day, who knows? But I mean, it's going to be a long road. But uh, you're always going to have state. You're always going to have, you know, uh, production. But, you know, rather than eradicate either of them, just improve them. And a good way to improve them is to create, you know, fair, free and open source money um, and build tooling. So that's, that's really sort of the, the driving motivation. Is I just think it's a very easy way to affect society in a positive way. Um, it has problems. It's carbon footprint, for example. Right. Bitcoin produces a lot of carbon. That's bad. Um, and uh, it's uh, deflationary. So, you know, as a medium of exchange, it sucks. Like in El Salvador, if someone's earning $200 a, year, a month and then Elon Musk tweets some shit and Bitcoin drops and it halves and then now they've got $100. And if they're on a $200 subsistence wage, that's really bad. But, you know, the tools exist to solve those problems. So perhaps El Salvador, I mean, you could do this with something like Liquid Network, for example. You could create a stable coin, decent, like a, a federated stable coin, kind of how Liquid works. And, um, uh, you know, it, it could uh, be pegged to Bitcoin um, and you could use something like a make a die type 
vaulting system or something where you put Bitcoin in. They can be arbitrage to kind of keep a peg. Um, and then you can have, with liquid stuff, you can have Lightning work on top of it. So all the payment rails, which people are getting used to now, would continue to work. And you just have a, a you know, when you make a, a payment in McDonald's, for example, it could just have the, I could just have the dollar amount actually, and you could just pay it on Lightning. Or there might be mechanisms like other mechanisms. I know people, lots of people working on this issue of people using Bitcoin for medium of exchange. How do you eradicate the volatility? Right. That could be a solution, or maybe maybe there's just some sort of market solution, um, uh, which could fix it. I don't know, but um, yeah, you're, you're, any problem you come up against, if you've got a free and open source community which is active, you can you can overcome it and, um, and make make it better. You know, you could, Lightning's great as well. I mean, that's why I like Lightning because I, I I do feel carbon guilt for using on chain, right? Um, and I do try and offset as well, which I think you can do as an option. Um, but uh, using Lightning Network, obviously, you know, one on-chain transaction is potentially millions of uh, Lightning Network transactions. Um, so, you know, if you can decrease the amount of tra transactions we do on-chain, I think that's important. Um, and then using us, these, some of these side-chain solutions as well. So that could be one way of maybe having a positive change on the carbon footprint. Uh, maybe looking at the way we mine, ultimately. I don't know. Who knows? But anyway, all these problems are overcomable with, on, on Bitcoin. Yeah, but yeah, really, it's, it's society needs free and open source money. Yeah. Society needs free and open source money. <laughs> Love it. Ben, where can people find you? If you go to uh, Ben Ark on Twitter. Is that A-R-C-H or just A-R-C? A-R-C. Okay. Um, and then it's the same on GitHub. And all my projects are on there. Most of the videos are actually linked in the repos. Um, and then if you go to World Crypto Networks, the playlist, the BTCRT playlist. Yeah. That's got the workshops on. Um, and what about the Telegram channel? Telegram group, yeah, the Alan Bits Telegram group. It's just Alan Bits, you know, popping on there. Right on. We will put all of these in the show notes so that people yeah. can just click on them, enjoy them, and find yeah. them. Yeah, Alan Bits Telegram group's crazy. Like, um, was, the com Alan Bits community is amazing, honestly, because people ask questions there all the time. Sometimes they're asking the same question again and again. And um, uh, people just offer support, and they're infinitely patient with each other. It's so good. Um, we should have a tip jar where people can, you know, uh, tip say if they've got some support or whatever they could give a tip and like there's like six million sats in there which people had tipped you know that's amazing isn't it yeah. um and then we have a policy of then going in there and every now and then we just airdrop all the people who are kind of really most active in the Bits group and offer support and stuff we try and airdrop sats to them I mean, most of them won't take it but we try and airdrop the sats <laughs> to them keep sending those lnur withdrawals yeah <laughs> and see if they take it um but yeah yeah popping on the telegram group is great it's really uh, really nice community Right on. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time coming here and chatting with us and telling us the story about how you did identify the gap in the market and develop something for yourself to solve your own yeah. problem and explaining LNBits in such, or LNURL actually, um, in such detail and then talking about LNBits as well. I don't think that I could have gotten a better um, extrapolated oh, nice. definition of Usually how... Usually techno babbles, so that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but the LNUR, like... The, 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 the analogies the, really put it together too. Yeah, mm. and uh, the amount of examples that supported how it was useful to merchants and users. On, yeah. Oh, that was really awesome too. So thank you so much. Well, thank you for doing things like podcast. I mean, it's really important that we get, you know, content out there and... I know yes. that at this there's a lot of eyes on this conference, you know? Yes. Um, well, like that tweet with the, where I had the president retweet it, which was amazing. Um... <laughs> It's funny, I was talking to an El Salvadorian guy out the front and it was like half an hour after the president had retweeted it. And I, I didn't show him because I just, my, I just couldn't do it, but I wanted to say, your president retweeted me. <laughs> um, uh, 
but uh yeah no it's um it's uh it's, it's yeah content creation is, is so ultimately important because there's all these people who aren't able to be here right and like the more videos we have showing us using bitcoin out at shops the more conversations we have at conferences uh you know with people making things i think it's so important so uh, well done for doing the work Right on. Well, everyone listening, follow Ben on Cheers. on Twitter, Ben Ark, and the Telegram community. That is, is that just Ellen Bits? Yeah, Ellen Bits. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right on. And give a shout out to Ben for giving us this amazing, amazing episode and sharing all of his knowledge with us. Not all of his, a bit of his knowledge with us. I didn't go into Nost. I'm not going to go into Nostar, but. Maybe we can do a second episode, <laughs> second some, episode. sometime there's this some, week. There's, yeah, there's some crazy <laughs> technology. Okay, yeah, I don't want to go into that because that's another hour. But okay, um, thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Okay, cool. Cheers. Thank Stay you. Cheers. Cheers. Bye. <laughs>